0: Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, when governments search for UFOs. Now I found this article on space.com. It says it was published two years ago by Elizabeth Howell. The title is UFO Watch. Eight times the government looked for flying saucers. And it begins with the first one here, Sanctioned UFO Searches. It says, is the truth really out there? It's an age-old question, with reports of UFOs going back decades. We look back at actual UFO and alien investigations by the U.S. and other countries. Check it out. It begins with uh, the first one here. It says Projects Sign and Grudge, 1948 to 1951. Many accounts of UFOs in the United States describe something called the Roswell incident. Local accounts of a flying saucer landing near Roswell, New Mexico in 1947 led to many alien conspiracy theories. And I would just stop right there. Simply asking a question about whether or not aliens exist or whether or not UFOs exist or what this phenomenon is all about does not make a person a conspiracy theorist. It just means that you have a brain that works and that you're curious goes on, it says, but the U.S. Air Force denied an E.T. connection. In the 1990s, the Air Force said the object was actually a balloon that was searching for Soviet Union nuclear test signals under Project Mogul. Now, if it was searching for test signals in the Soviet Union, you kind of wonder why it crash-landed in the desert of the United States. But anyway, however, the incident did not prompt, did not, the incident did prompt U.S. investigations into unidentified flying objects in the next few years. A report published for the U.S. Air Force's Project Sign 1948-1949 stated that the things people saw were real, but that at least some of the incidents may be caused by natural phenomena, and others may be related to domestic or foreign aircraft the air force project grudge which issued a report in 1949 prior to the shutdown in 1951 continued the investigation but found no conclusive evidence of ufo's well i would only say that with a name like project grudge i'm not particularly surprised it goes on and the next one it list is project blue book 1952 to 1969 It says Project Blue Book was yet another program from the U.S. Air Force following up on Project's sign and grudge. The program conducted a series of studies between 1952 and 1969 to figure out if UFOs could hurt national security and to search for UFO data. Now, this is something that we've been hearing about recently uh, with, with the release of the videos from the Nimitz Uh, comments made by certain Navy and Air Force personnel, and especially now even with the Space Force um, being launched full steam, is that the government is here to protect us and that they see these UFO phenomena as possibly a threat and that they're addressing it as such. They seem a little long on potential panic, but they're short on details. Now the article continues, Project Blue Book was yet another program from the U.S. Air Force following up on Project Sign and Grudge. The program conducted a series of studies between 1952 and 1969 to figure out if UFOs could hurt national security to search for UFO data. More than 10,000 of those case files are freely available on the Internet Archive. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, investigators ultimately collected more than 12,000 sightings and classified them as either identified, meaning the events could be explained by astronomical, atmospheric, or human phenomena, or unidentified. That category made up about 6% of the total number of reported cases. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... then we go to the Condon Committee, 1966-1968. to 1968. The Condon Committee, more formally known as the University of Colorado UFO Project, was a group funded by the Air Force that looked at UFOs under the leadership of physicist Edward Condon. The group re-examined the information from Project Blue Book and published its efforts in the Scientific Study of, un- of Unidentified Flying Objects, also known as the Condon Report, in 1968. According to How Stuff Works, the Condon report found that about one-third of the cases couldn't be explained, even though the introduction stated that further extensive study of UFOs probably cannot be justified on the expectation that science will be advanced thereby. Hmm. Do you think they had an agenda? Thousands of unexplained UFO reports? And they just simply say, well, there's nothing that these reports can contribute to scientific inquiry, so we suggest that we don't investigate them anymore. Seems like circular reasoning at best. Some reports say that the ultimate purpose of the report was to stop U.S. investigations into UFOs. Whether or not that was true, but Blue Book ceased operations in 1969, Year after the Condon report was released. Well, this is the sort of thing that we see over and over again when people get close to the truth and the government's involved, you know, especially when they have the government uh, entities are caught up by their own words, by their own reports, where it's just absolutely certain they've been caught in the act. In this case, they were caught in the act verifying that UFOs are real and that they exist and that they aren't explainable. So when the line of questioning is pushed forward by curious people and when they call those curious people conspiracy theorists, but it doesn't bother them, they just keep asking questions, well, eventually what happens is um, they get together the committee of the Grand Poopaw, the debunkers, and they put together a little something-something to ease the minds of the sheep and tell them not to worry about it, go back to sleep. UFOs are all a figment of your imagination. And that appears to be what happened here. That goes on, Project Osmo 1960. Project Osmo stands out because it was the first time humans tried to look for radio signals from outside the solar system. You know, I'm not sure that's correct, because we have records of Tesla thinking that he had received signals from uh, aliens. So to say this was the first time that humans looked for it, I think, is a little presumptuous. not trying to be critical here, but I'm just trying to approach this whole thing with an open mind. It says it was named after the imaginary land of Oz in the 1900 book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and in the 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz. Funding came from the National Science Foundation. According to the SETI Institute, for this project, radio astronomer Frank Drake chose to examine the stars Tau Tau SETI in the constellation of Cetus, the whale, and Epsilon Arendani in the constellation Arendanus, the river. These stars were monitored at at the 21-centimeter, 8.3-inch emission line for six hours a day from April to July 1960, no signal was found except for an early false false alarm caused by a secret military experiment, the SETI Institute stated. Well, that could show you right there how compartmentalized things are. So this is 1960, and the government has SETI searching for extraterrestrial radioactivity, and right off the bat they pick up a secret military program. (laughs) That ought to tell you something, 60 years ago, and these guys are hard at work in, in deeply compartmentalized secret projects. NASA SETI 1970s to 1993. It says SETI is a term for a group of researchers who participate in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. NASA conducted SETI searches using the Arecibo and Goldstone antennas starting in the 1970s. The program was canceled in 1993, shortly after observations officially started. NASA renamed the program the High Resolution Microwave Survey Program late in its existence, which which some say was done to mask that it was actually a SETI program. However, SETI searches still exist informally at universities around the world. The SETI Institute in California was founded in 1984 and uses private funding in two thousand seven, the Allen Telescope Array, which is devoted to observations from the SETI Institute, opened with the help of funding from Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen. It continues observations to this day. It goes on and says NASA NASA Astrobiology Institute, nineteen ninety-eight present. While astrobiology doesn't focus on the UFOs, it it does examine under what circumstances life. From from microbial to intelligence could arise. The NASA Astrobiology Institute seeks to encourage researchers to collaborate across disciplines to answer a range of questions. Is life possible on icy moons? What kind of microbes could survive the the extreme conditions of Mars? What is the habitable zone of a star? NIA is only one of six branches of NASA's astrobiology program. The rest are called The Exobiology and Evolutionary Biology Program, Planetary Science and Technology Through Analog Research, the Planetary Instrument Concepts for the Advancement of Solar Systems. Observations Picasso and the Maturation of Instruments for Solar System Exploration and the Habitable Worlds Program. Now, that is a mouthful, and if you're like me, you're just wondering how many secret projects could they be hiding within those hundreds of millions of dollars, no doubt, that these guys are given to spend every year. Just a thought. Could be wrong. Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. Now, that's an interesting there. 2007 to 2012. Now, a lot of you will remember that this is where uh, Elizondo, I believe his name is, from Tom DeLonge's group, supposedly came from, and there's been a lot of back and forth on this whole thing. It says, in December 2017, the U.S. government's research into UFOs received global attention when reports emerged of a secret Department of Defense program called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, or A.T.I.P. that ran from at least 2007 to 2012. The program tracked reports of UFOs, including... Descriptions of some strange aerial activities that two Navy pilots said they saw in 2004. Luis Elizondo, the former head of the program, told several media outlets that we may not be alone. AATIP is the, is only the most recent example in decades of work by the U.S. government looking into the unexplained. And then it goes on, it says other U.S. and international investigations. The CIA released a bunch of previously classified documents in 2016 pertaining to weird UFO encounters, and there is an entire webpage devoted to the agency's investigations between 1949 and 1990. If that's not enough to satisfy your UFO appetite, you can look at unclassified documents from the National Security Agency and the FBI, Other government agencies reportedly have files as well, such as the Defense Intelligence Agency. It goes on and says, For international efforts, Emma Best, who publishes regularly on the government's transparency website, MuckRock, has requested thousands of pages of U.S. government documents under the Freedom of Information Act. Her website alone, which claims it has the largest collection of UFO-related documents in the world, list files from governments from all over the world, including Australia, Brazil, Britain, Canada, Denmark, France, New Zealand, Panama, and Spain, other governments that were listed, but with no uploaded files on this site, included Ecuador, Norway, Portugal, Sweden, Switzerland, and Uruguay. Well, you can see from this article that there has been a fairly long history, you know, going on, what, 80 years now, close that the government has been, our government, the United States government at least, has been investigating uh, UFO reports in an official capacity, and also in a somewhat secretive capacity, because some of these things, a lot of these, a lot of the data that they collect has been classified, so we can't even read it. And when you come to tip, you're talking about Louis Elizondo, there was a lot of controversy whether the guy even worked for ATIP, let alone was ahead of it. And it was a back-and-forth deal that just, I don't know, came across to me at least as being very sketchy. And then he leaves the government. He goes into this private corporation where they're actually making money off of government contracts. They claim that they own UFO metamaterial. Just a lot of things happening. They come into possession of those two of those two uh, cockpit videos that, that purportedly show the UFO. So we can see from this article that there's been a, you know, 75, 80 years that the government has been investigating UFOs, has been denying their existence, and when they're proven to exist, they drop the project or simply come up with, uh, with a report from some university claiming that it's not worth investigating. So you have to wonder what... What is the objective here? What what's the goal? What are the motives for the government to even to even bother with investigating UFOs? Now, of course, they've told us that they're concerned that they could be a threat. I have to wonder, maybe I think they already know what they know. You wonder somehow if these investigations aren't part of some some greater simulation that they're running. You know, a lot of people have started to develop the notion that this whole COVID thing is that while the virus is real and sure it's killing people, but that what's going on around it with all the, you know, the fear mongering and the the panic induced lockdowns and shutting down, you know, half our economy a lot of people are beginning to think that the government is running some sort of uh, simulation that they could use in crowd control. And You have to wonder if that's not what's happening, the way this thing has played itself out, the way that uh, Trump seems to have taken a 180 turn on, you know, how do we handle this? Do we need to shut down bars and restaurants and churches while people still are allowed to fly all over the planet, crowded into airplanes? There's so many strange things that are going on here that just really uh, raise alarms. Same thing with the UFOs. We see all this... all. Of these years and years, people have observed these things and have made reports, and it seems like while on one hand the government is calling these people kooks and conspiracy thirst, they're doing their own top-secret investigations. But they're really not sharing uh, most of that work with the public. So you have to ask yourself, well, why are they spending... Uh, you know, millions of dollars on these UFO investigations, why do you have a whole department called ATIP, you know, secretly hidden away in the Pentagon somewhere if it's not to truly find out what this phenomena consists of? And yeah, I do think they are trying to get a handle on what UFOs are, but I think a lot more of it is they're trying to get a handle on the narrative and what people think UFOs are. And after seeing the way this whole COVID thing has played out, I wonder if the government is not also in the business of running simulations on UFO disclosure. Perhaps this last big uh, disclosure that we had with the Air Force pilots that had filmed the UFOs, you know, the Nimitz Battle Carrier Group and the one on the East Coast, The way this whole thing was released to the public seemed quite sketchy. I mean, to me, it was released through the New York Times, of course, and then DeLong's group, this this former rock star who's tied up with all these rich and powerful and deep-state actors. Didn't seem to go through the same normal channels that you would expect a disclosure to go through. And I see similarities between that and between how this whole strange COVID lockdown thing is going. I mean, it seems like we get more information from CNN than we do from the CDC. Not that I would trust the CDC either. But we have so much conflicting information coming in, and we seems like there's so much emotional uh, involvement involved in these decisions. where The public is making decisions to stay home based on their emotions, not based on the facts. And the more I look at this, the more I see this really kind of frightening government simulation being run. It's a simulation of crowd control. Everything they're doing in this COVID thing, they could do if there ever happened to be a UFO disclosure outside the box. And I have to wonder if that wasn't what was going on with these eight government UFO research operations. I'm not so sure they were there to research the UFOs as much as they were there to research the public's reaction to the UFOs and to somehow get a handle on that and to control it. Because we both know that governments are all about control. If a government doesn't have control, it's no longer a government. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.